0: Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to This Week in the Association, our NBA Recap Podcast, where we go over all news, all NBA. On the line tonight, uh, he's playing sick. You know, it's the flu game. Uh, you know, Scotty Pippen's walking him off, but he's still getting buckets. Uh, it's Will Stack. Say what's happening. Yes. Will
1: Stack's in the house, barely. carrying me <laughs> off, Scottie. Uh What's up, what's up, what's up?
0: Yeah, it's playing hurt. Uh, just this weather, is, it, it seems like it's never ending, at least. Uh, even down here in sunny South Florida, it was much cooler than it should have been today.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that flu bug, boy. is going around, and believe it or not, I'm actually on the uptick a couple of days ago. It was really bad, but uh, I'm getting there almost back to 100%.
0: Well, this new NBA, we don't play too many back to back, so, you know, like a playoff game. You play game one, and then you get a whole week off before you got to play game two. So we're good. (laughs) So let's hit the jump ball topic. Uh, Just a couple of things real quick, I mentioned it to you before we started recording. Uh, R.I.P. to Rasul Butler, uh, 38 years old, uh, played for eight different teams over 13 years in the NBA. Uh, For me, you know, he played for the Heat in the the Heat's lean years, you know, kind of right after zone. Uh, had his kidney thing, and, you know, the Heat were in that downturn, you know, before the LeBron, or, you know, right at, right before Shaq came. Uh, so RIP to Rasul Butler. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And then our other topic, it's the return of Tiger Woods. It was one of the ter- first topics that we ever did when we started the podcast when he was coming back, uh, I think, to play in the Bahamas. Um, now he's back again trying to play a full tour schedule. What did you see? Um, as he was starting to make this comeback. Well, the biggest thing
1: is, A, that he played uh, injury-free. That would be the biggest indication that, hey things are better, that he played injury-free. He he actually played four rounds, making the cut on the number, had to birdie the last hole on Friday to make the cut. And in typical Tiger fashion, he did just that. Uh, Definitely showed some rust, though. Uh, Couldn't hit a driver to save his life. Not that he was ever really a great driver of the ball, but uh, (laughs) definitely definitely, uh, showed that he still knows how to roll that putter. And, uh, you know, you got to like the fact that he's healthy. He played four rounds, uh, all par or better. So some definite uh, positives as Tiger Woods, uh, joins the PGA tour and the tour, uh, from the eyes of a, uh, you know, advertiser, they were like, Tiger's back. Yes. We're getting more viewers. And, uh, viewers were already up way
0: higher just with the presence of Tiger Woods. Yeah. I watched round one and I watched, uh, like the beginning and the end um and again i'm not a novice golfer as you well uh i thought his uh short game looked on point uh which was really as he was making some of his other several comebacks his short game was uh looking like mine duffing uh chip shots and whatnot so uh that was good uh yeah the driver was all over the place but he seemed to grind like he used to grind uh, he just needs to, uh, you know, roll in a couple of extra putts and he'd be in contention. So uh, good looking out for Tiger Woods. He's going to make the Florida swing here, play the Ryle and a couple of other tournaments and try to play Jack's tournament as well. So uh, getting ready for the Masters. So uh, the world is better with Tiger Woods playing golf. Uh, yeah. All right.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And real quick,
1: not...
0: yeah. <laughs> and real quick we, we shouted him out before the uh, – I guess it might have even been before the semi-finals. Um Club fed Roger Federer wins uh his 20th major at age 36 uh in a five set although the fifth set wasn't really a thriller um over uh shoot what was, I forget dude's name already um Marin Cilic. Yes, Marin Cilic uh 6-1 in the fifth. Uh, a wild repeat of the final point having to be reviewed before he could actually celebrate, Uh, so club fed hits another 20.
1: I mean, that's just just hard to fathom. Roger Federer, you know, as you mentioned, 36 years old, he's played in 30 Grand Slam finals and won 20 of them. That is unbelievable.
0: (laughs) Unreal.
1: And and you got to think, as we go through 2018, the three majors left, will he get another one? So, we could be looking at 21 before the year is up. Who knows?
0: Yeah, he's obviously going to be the clear flame favorite going into Wimbledon. Uh, Rafa drops out in the quarterfinals against uh, Mircic himself. Chich freaking basketball. Uh, so, he drops out in the, in, the, in, the, in the quarterfinals or whatever and has to, uh, you know, with a quadricep injury. Uh, who knows if he'll be ready for the French, and you got to wonder if Roger will kind of try to take the French, you know, and play it. He doesn't play it last year. Um, maybe he tries to play this year, uh, you know, to try to see – which would be the only thing he hasn't done, which would be the, the full grand Slam and, uh, and get all four majors in one year, which would be ridiculous at 36. I, I – I, I I wouldn't I, – there would be no words, really, if he was able to pull that off at 36. So, yeah, congratulations, club fed. uh Well done, uh, my good and faithful servant. All right, let's hit to the first quarter. Uh, It's injuries, man. They're all over the place. It's not been a good week uh, in the NBA. Um, We'll take them from, like, the top from when they happened, I guess. Uh, Boogie Cousins goes down uh, with a torn Achilles. Uh, This is an injury that we see football players come back from uh, occasionally. And, you know, not too bad. They come back almost to full strength. Uh, not too many basketball players come back from the Achilles. Uh, it's taken out quite a few, uh, Charles Barkley being probably one of the more famous ones. Uh, what do you think what happens with the Boogie? Yeah, I, I thought of
1: Dominic Wilkins. He had the same type of injury, too, towards the end of his career. Uh, it's going to be tough, especially on a contract year. He was uh, looking to hit the free agent market at the end of the year and was probably expecting a max contract. Will teams shy away from him after an injury such as that? You know, you got to think he may not get the max money. Uh, However, I think a team should still definitely roll the dice. He may not be back immediately at the beginning of next year, but I'm sure Boogie Cousins will do whatever he can to get back. Uh, Probably won't be with the Pelicans, but uh, somebody should uh,
0: roll the dice on Boogie Cousins. You got to wonder if that puts the Pelicans in, um, you know, seller mode. You know, they were kind of hanging on one of the lower seas in the the West. Anyway, there's been rumors about Anthony Davis being all over the place. You made a prediction with him actually making it somehow to the Cavs, uh, but there's rumors out there about him making it to the Celtics, and I even saw one about him making it to the Warriors somehow. Um, Do you think that puts the Pelicans in sale mode? Uh, You know,
1: they – we're at the six C when cousins went out with this injury and they will definitely start to free fall, uh, you know, in the next coming weeks. Uh, I don't see, uh, Davis being traded unless it is something super nice, uh, for the Pelicans. Um, you know, I, I thought so early in the year, but they, uh, started off the season much better than I anticipated. So I think that kept, uh, Anthony Davis uh, in New Orleans. Uh, so he may play out the streak this year, probably start next year, and see what happens then. Uh, he may there go on the trading block. But I would be very
0: uh, – I doubt it if he gets traded uh, before the February 8th trade deadline. Yeah, we'll get closer. As we get closer and closer to that, we know there's going to be some deals made, and we'll get to the major deal that was made here earlier in the week uh, coming up. Um Andre Robertson uh, of Oklahoma City grows down uh in a fairly gruesome knee injury uh i'm we're of the same brain of these things like I can't watch that stuff anymore as soon as I see it once It's a turn away and I, I don't uh I can't even watch that kind of stuff. He goes down uh probably their best defender outside of Paul George, maybe even a better defender of Paul George at this point. How's that hurt Oklahoma City?
1: Well, they immediately lost uh at home. Uh, shortly after the injury. So you could definitely say it played uh, uh, played a part. He definitely was their best defender, uh, especially on-ball defender. He would usually get the assignment of somebody like a Kevin Durant, a LeBron James, uh, the majority of the time. So that definitely uh, hurts Oklahoma City, who had really turned the quarter with their eight-game winning streak. Uh, now they have that injury, and they got to readjust uh their lineups but uh you know they're they're playing better ball now but it, it's a very tough loss
0: for the Thunder. Yeah, they're um yeah that, yeah eight game running streak they lose last night. I guess who was that to uh the Wizards, right? Uh yeah, they go down John, to John the Wizards last night. A John Wallace
1: uh Wizards and yeah. uh that that's not a good uh, loss when you lose to uh, the Wizards, still a good team, but without their major player, who's going to be out sometime possibly uh, the rest of the year with his injury.
0: Yeah, so that was our next injury there. Uh, John Wall uh, gets – when I sent out our show notes, he was, he was considering surgery, and then next it was he had surgery, out six to eight weeks on his knee. Uh, we know the Wizards have um, uh, some struggles when it's just Bradley Beal, Uh You know, what happens with the Wiz? They've been struggling all year to begin with. Yeah, I think they're going to free fall, too, kind of like the Pelicans. When you lose a star, the magnitude of John
1: Wall, uh, it is tough to recover. You mentioned, yes, they still got, you know, Otto Porter. They still have all-star Bradley Beal. Uh, Those guys have to elevate their game even more. Everybody on the team does, but it is hard to replace a team leader, your, your leading scorer and best defender uh in John Wall and he'll be out sometime so uh look for the Wizards uh playoff seed to uh to take a hit they may even fall out of the uh playoffs possibly uh until
0: the return of John Wall we'll see what happens yeah, yeah a, a tough a tough loss there for the Wizards i think in a in a few maybe years or weeks or whatever we're going to be having that conversation about is that John Wall that dude you know, as we talked about with uh, Melo and some others, and Chris Paul, you know, like, is that that dude that you you know you just can't win with. Um, but the other injury, which happened last night, uh, the Cavaliers, the Cleveland Cavaliers, have a uh, uh, a bad loss, I would say, to the Detroit Pistons, um, who are were shorthanded to say the least. Uh, they lose last night, give up 125 to the Pistons, who can't score, and on top of losing that game, they lose. Um, four or five Kevin Love, uh, whatever position you want to give him at this point, uh, breaks his left hand for the second time in his career, actually. And uh, he's going to be out for the next six to eight weeks. Uh, Cavs have made some lineup adjustments anyway, uh, putting Jay Crowder to the bench and bringing Tristan Thompson in to start and moving uh, Love back to the four. But now he's out, so more lineup adjustments for the Cavs.
1: Well, Cleveland was
0: already in trouble. They were having a lot of infights. Uh, there was an alleged
1: uh, beef with Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Love, throwing blame at each other or one way or the other. But now Kevin Love is out. So I guess you can't blame him for the next six to eight weeks uh, <laughs> for the struggles. But, you know, Cleveland is struggling. And then you lose uh, an all star, Kevin Love. So the. Cavs, uh, their troubles look to continue. Uh, They really need to make a splash before the trade deadline, or uh, this could be a tough, tough season
0: uh, ending for the Cavaliers. Do you think they are in buyer's mode, even though they don't have a lot of pieces to, to sell? Could they be in buyer's mode, you know, because of this injury to him and possibly even with his six to eight weeks injury, maybe he is still their most valuable trade chip.
1: Well, would a team take a uh, risk, uh, roll the dice on him? Uh, that would be a tough question as well. If a team would say, hey, we don't want uh, Davidge Goods to Kevin Love. So, you know, you might look at even a possible Isaiah Thomas trade because who wants to give him a, Max contract at the end of the year. So I don't think IT is completely safe as well if they want to go that route. But uh, Cavaliers, they got to make a decision on what they're going to do uh, moving forward just a couple of weeks, uh, just a few days, if you will, before the trade deadline.
0: Yeah. On the good side, uh, the Bucks are finally going to get Japari Parker back, uh, finally, medically cleared return to the Bucks. We'll talk about them when we go streaking later on, but uh, the Bucks on a winning streak, getting back, uh, you know, a hot young talent, fresh and ready to go for the second half of the season. I'm excited to see the
1: Bucks with Parker, so uh, I expect them to uh, start making a move up the ladder. And with the, the Wizards going to be probably dropping a few slots, uh, the Cavaliers probably dropping a few slots. Watch out, Milwaukee. They find their way up, uh possibly
0: hosting a first round of uh playoff series. Yeah. Uh as going into live action as uh, we're recording this, the Heat and the Cavs are playing in Cleveland tonight. Uh it's 90 to 87, uh playing for the third seed in the in the east right now. Uh Cavs up by with about twenty seconds to go. All right. Let's get into the second quarter. Um the NBA All-Star teams are picked. Um, I gave you a call or a text, um, like, kind of after the teams were picked, and <laughs> I think my text was, uh, Steph Curry should never be allowed to pick a team ever again um, because, uh, and, I, and I mentioned this to you as well, It's like i want to introduce a concept that from when we grew up, and we'll try to explain it to you all the best, when we were out on the football field or the basketball court or whatever we were doing, and we were picking sides, whoever was picking sides. If some team had the most, like, the fastest players or the tallest dudes or whatever, it was said that your team had the comp, Um, which basically meant, like, you had too many good people and you had to split the team up to make the game that was going to be competitive. Um, LeBron's team got the comp, correct?
1: Oh, there's no question about it, although... (laughs) all those people we just mentioned that were injured were
0: all on Team LeBron. So, uh,
1: maybe uh, Kyrie and uh, KD better watch out. Uh, people on uh, Team LeBron falling by the wayside. But, no, there is absolutely no question that Team LeBron had indeed the comp. You know, you have to and LeBron. You really don't have to say any more after that, but you still got Kyrie, Russell Westbrook, you had Boogie Cousins. He went down. You had John Wall. He went down. Uh, but their team is absolutely loaded. I, I'm try. I wish. I wish. I wish they would announce the order in which the, the players were selected. Because people used to kid Michael Jordan for being a terrible GM when he was drafting. Uh, I think Steph Curry did uh, even worse than Michael Jordan <laughs> uh, when he was selecting his All Star team. Uh, his probably first pick was uh, the Greek Freak, but after that I don't know what he was doing. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh comp on LeBron. Uh, had some injuries, but i, I still take T LeBron. Uh, but you never know. You got to play it out. We'll
0: see what happens. Yeah, it, it, I think um, like Boogie goes down, they replace him with Paul George. That's the comp, too. And I think the John Wall injury, I'm not sure if they announced who replaced him yet uh I heard it could have been Andre Andre Drummond I Andre, okay like, oh, okay so yeah I mean you know we talk about big men's and all-star games so that might not matter as much but I mean yeah. like golly man I mean I don't know Steph he I mean he stays loyal to his Golden State people Clay and Draymond wind up on that team uh but they might get run completely off the floor uh <laughs> come the all-star Wait, game how- I don't understand how Team LeBron
1: ended up with Kyrie and Russell Westbrook. At that, that part, you rather you take Kyle Lowry instead yeah. of one of those two guys, or you take uh, DeMar DeRozan, who is definitely a solid player. Uh, but I think I might take uh, Westbrook instead. But, again, I'm not a GM, but uh, if I looked at it on paper, LeBron definitely has the confidence.
0: Yeah, and for sure they they missed a huge opportunity uh to air this on T V to uh let everybody see how this goes down. Even LeBron makes that announcement as well after the fact he didn't you know pump for it before. It was like, Oh, this was a missed opportunity to have that to have the, the draft or whatever on T V. So yeah, um I Yeah, Steph should yeah. never, ever, ever be allowed to um uh, to pick another all star team. Yeah, and they wanted him to pick instead of Kevin
1: Durant, but uh, he did worse than KD probably would have. So, you know, it uh, didn't turn out good either. But I do like the aspect of, you know, mixing up the teams. Yes, they definitely missed the opportunity of airing the draft, but uh, the NBA definitely uh, would capitalize. Now it just has to translate to an exciting game that is watchable, and the announcement of the larger uh, winner share uh, hopefully will energize the players to even go a little harder than normal in the All-Star game. So hopefully all things work out for All-Star weekend in the NBA because they're in la-la land,
0: and they definitely want to put on a show with the All-Star game in L.A. Yeah, it's, yeah, the $100,000 uh, to the winners, Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. $100,000 to, uh, you know, some of these players who are making, you know, somewhere between twenty-five and, you know, $40 million a year probably really isn't that much of a – is not that big a deal. I mean, that might be enough money to get them just literally through that weekend. Um, so, you know, maybe well, that's I'm a big sure. deal, maybe not.
1: Uh, was, I think most players would probably donate their winner's
0: share, but
1: uh, still I believe, you know – uh, the competitive juices say, hey, I win 100000 as opposed to 25000 uh Whether they donate it or not, 100000 is better than 25000 Yeah,
0: cool. All right, let's hit the buzzer for halftime. Um, as Nasir Jones brings us in, uh, we're gonna get into a little bit of topic here, uh, and again, uh, kind of driven by Levar Ball. As much as we, you know, don't want to try to bring him up, sometimes, sometimes, just it gives the opportunity to drive conversation. Um, in an interview, and I'm not sure where it came from, I sent it to you or wherever I saw it from. Uh, he uh, kind of sounded off on Steve Kerr. You know, he called him the Milli Vanilli of coaching, uh, that he was fake, essentially. And he, you know, he's got this all this talent out there, and it doesn't really matter what he does. Because he's got all that talent And it doesn't matter who was the coach of the team Essentially is what he said Steve Kerr's response was no response today He was like, mm, I had no response to basketball And that was the end of it And he, um, you know So it got to this thing too After I said it to you it's just like, alright, you know Some people do believe that Some people do believe that Steve Kerr is You know, kind of just a the facilitator there And, you know, he hadn't had much to do With their success as a team but let's put it out there are NBA coaches overrated or underrated in their ability to mold teams you know all that talent into you know winning teams well it depends on who you're
1: talking to for example I believe uh, Phil Jackson he's probably heralded as probably the best NBA coach in the history uh, I would even go out of the limb and say he overrated as a coach as far as X and O's. Uh, however, he had to be a master in manipulating his team because when you have that many egos, that many different personalities, you know, sometimes a coach just has to be a guy that can manage that as much as uh, putting the X and O's uh, of a play. Now, it is, you know, he had his, his people, his staff, uh, that set up the triangle offense or uh, their defense coach, uh, Thibodeau, I believe, at the time. Uh, but uh, he had those coaches do those things, and I think he had to more deal with uh, personalities. You know, you have Michael Jordan, when he was with Chicago, and then when he came to the Lakers, you had uh, Kobe and Shaq. So you had to deal with that as well. So uh, I might give him the overrated label. Uh, a little bit. But on the same note, in our current NBA, somebody like a Brad Stevens, I think he is good for a few wins uh, because of his X and O's. Uh, if you watch the Cleveland, or excuse me, watch the Boston team, uh, they definitely seem like a well-run machine that I believe his coaching is. Uh, makes a difference with that team especially out of timeouts there to be is no better team than Boston out of a timeout uh, they definitely seem to always run a good set and that's uh, definitely coaching that takes place coming out of that timeout so uh, I think uh, he might be underrated but yeah a lot of coaches get a lot of credit you know Eric Spolstra Uh, when they were winning with LeBron and Wade and Bosh. Was it Eric Spoelstra that got him over the hump? You know, he was even ready to be fired at one point. Uh, They thought Pat Riley was coming down out of the uh, president's uh, booth to come coach. But uh, was he a top coach or were they great players? Probably a little bit of both, of course. But uh, so he was probably overrated, you know, but... You know, there's different situations. Popovich is he overrated as a coach? He's probably, uh, again, one of the better coaches uh, in the league. I think he might be underrated. So, uh, it's, you know, it's a, uh, for once, I'd say Levar Ball made a little bit of sense. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Uh, shout out to uh, Twitter user uh, and follower, uh, Baden Jacks. Uh, He kind of brought this topic up to me uh, before I sent it out. So shout out, he's a big Heat fan and a big North Carolina fan. And I tweeted to him, I was like, you know, the NBA players are the most athletically gifted, talented people walking walking on the planet. There's there's no doubt about it. But they are also some of the biggest, you know, kind of head cases, too. And so coaches need to come in and try to find that mix between, you know, okay, I can blend this talent and, like, kind of get y'all to buy into this team concept at the same time. That's Like, Dale Harris had Shaq and Kobe. He didn't win, but Phil did. You know, uh, Fat Van Gundy had Shaq and D-Wade. Didn't win, but Pat Riley could come down from the booth and and got him to the championship in 06. Like, I think it's just, I, I think like a lot of MBA coaching is underrated in their ability to to get them to buy in because a lot all these dudes are talented. They didn't make it to the league. They wouldn't be in the league if they weren't talented. But it's getting them to buy into the concept of, of team and moving that forward. And I think, you know, look I look at like Lon Kruger, you know, he coached in Florida, coaching Oklahoma right now. He got into the league and couldn't win a damn game I mean, he couldn't win like twenty games. And it's not like he's a bad coach. He just didn't know how to coach NBA players, or he couldn't get the personalities to kind of fall into the system. So I think you know, it, it, it's it's such a delicate balance in the in in the NBA. I think probably more so than most other sports leagues that um you got to have the right person in there because just everybody's talented. Like shit, Mark Jackson had this same team essentially too, and he couldn't get him over the hump either.
1: Yeah, he could get him over the hump, but I do. Uh, Like the aspect, Steve Kerr did give some credit to Mark Jackson when they won their first championship that that he gave some credit to Mark Jackson who put the team uh, in the right direction. And then he was able to, like you said, get him over the hump. So, yeah, definitely coaching. uh, You know, if you look at other sports, you know, even in baseball, are the managers – are they that important in baseball? You know, their biggest job is making a pitcher change when uh, needed. But, uh, you know, in football, you know, is it the head coach uh, that should get all the credit, or is it the coordinators, you know, that mm-hmm. call the plays? So, you know, it's, it's about egos and head coaches. You know, when you're the top guy, when you're the CEO, or you're the head coach or whatever the case, you know, your job is to delegate. So if you are good at that and you have good people working with you, working for you, uh,
0: then, you know, you're doing your job
1: as the head coach. Yeah,
0: that's why I look at that, you know, those coaching trees that come out of, you know, basketball. Like, oh, you know, uh, forget the dude that, you know, he left the Warriors, he's coaching the Pelicans now. It's like, you know I mean? He's been a head coach before, didn't really do so well in his other stop either. You know, it's just kind of like a 500 coach. You know, all the Phil Jackson people, you know, say for – if you want to call Steve Kerr a Phil Jackson disciple or whatever, you know, most of those dudes struggled as well. It's just, you know, it's it's, it's talent and, and being able to get that talent to buy in. And I, I, for the NBA, I think that's a lot harder than most of the other sports leagues. So, uh, yeah, all right. So, all right, thanks, LeVar Ball. Uh, we we'll, <laughs> we try to keep it to basketball. We don't do anything else. We only talk basketball-related uh, issues. All right, let's hit to the third quarter. Uh, coming out the tunnel, um, there was a trade, uh, a real big trade. I think I texted you. Where it was like, hey, they talking about this happening. And then before I blinked my eye, uh, it had already happened. Uh, The Austin River era has begun, and the Clippers, uh, Blake Griffin, gets sent to the Detroit Pistons uh, after signing a huge five-year, $177 million contract uh, in the summer with the Clippers. um, And he gets shipped out to the Pistons. His reaction on Twitter was uh, a Fresh Prince gif uh, of, like, what? You know, he didn't even hear. He heard about it on Twitter himself. So he gets sent out to Detroit Basketball the Clippers get back some picks and some, like, pieces of players that nobody really cares for as they begin to uh, start to deconstruct the Clippers. So, of course, the Pistons get the best part of the trade. Are you surprised that they sent Blake Griffin out, and are the Clippers in selling mode?
1: Well, the Clippers are definitely in sell mode. As far as Blake Griffin being
0: traded, uh, I'm a little surprised
1: because they just gave him $170 million. Uh, a few months ago, so I think the, the Clippers said, you know, we made a mistake giving you that contract Let's see if we can find somebody that will take it. And they did find uh, Detroit that was willing to uh, take that uh, big contract. You know, the Clippers are definitely uh, sellers. You know, there have always been talk of uh, DeAndre Jordan on the move, uh, Lou Williams on the move. Uh, they are still likely to be traded. Uh, before the trade deadline, and you got to think, uh, you mentioned Austin Rivers' error, you know, who is left? So he will be running the show, but I think Dear Damp, Doc Rivers, I don't think he's going to hang around for uh, this rebuilding, if you will, uh, for the Clippers, unless it's all set up to clear cap space because there's some guy in the East that's not healthy that has been rumored to coming to L.A. Maybe he's going to the Clippers instead of the Lakers. So that would be the only idea I could see how the Clippers might be having. Let's go ahead and dump some salary, clear some space, and maybe we could attract LeBron to the Clippers. But uh, if you clear everybody out, who is he going to play with? So. But uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, definitely a big shakeup in uh, Clip
0: you got to think for a minute that um, if you think back to a few summers ago where DeAndre Jordan had signed that letter of intent, essentially, to go to the Mavericks, and they have a freaking godfather sit down with him with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Doc Rivers, that they, you know, get him to back out of that deal with the, the Mavericks. Yeah. And now he's stuck there. Chris Paul, not there in Houston. <laughs> not yeah. Not well, there yeah. not with the business. I mean DeAndre got screwed in this whole process. Well, he, he got screwed, but he got paid also.
1: But yeah. He, they basically held him hostage, saying, you know, you're gonna stay in this house until uh the free agent period is, is open that you could side with the Clippers. So he did reside. Again, I think he will be traded. Somewhere uh, before February eighth, so you know he'll still get his way out, and I definitely, uh, Lou Williams is going somewhere. You know, somebody wants that scoring. Uh, It just depends on where he's going to go. So the Clippers will be, as you mentioned, Austin Rivers are bust. You know, so they are uh, definitely
0: not uh, Lob City anymore. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's Blake Griffin's legacy in L.A.? I mean, you know, we all know the the ridiculous dunks. Uh, We know the jump over the Kia uh, for the win of the the slam dunk contest. We know the commercials for Kia. You know, he's quite the pitch man. He's very marketable and whatnot. But what's his basketball legacy with the Clippers?
1: Well, uh, a legacy of unfulfilled potential. You know, the whole Clipper... You know, they were there They were right there Several years ago uh, When they blew the 3-1 lead To the Rockets In uh, the playoffs, that was the beginning Of their their end, you know and then The injuries would pile up Come playoff time, you know Chris Paul would be hurt every year Come playoff time Blake Griffin was hurt uh, a couple times So uh, he As well as just the Clippers Uh as a franchise, who they definitely made a turn. They definitely aren't the Clippers of our youth. You know, they're mm-hmm. definitely not that anymore. But uh, they had their window, and uh, that window has closed very fast.
0: Yeah. How does this help the Clipper? Or well, I was I wanting to say too that, that is this is this a Kardashian curse? Because he, I guess, he was rumored to be dating. I get him confused. Kendall, is it right?
1: Is yeah, that right? He, he was uh, still leaked to Kindle, So, yes, this is uh, possibly Kardashian slash Jenner type of curse. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, you know, I will say this. With uh, Blake Griffin going to the East, you know, his playoff uh, opportunities might open up a little bit. You know, the Pistons are on the outside looking in, uh, as we currently speak, at a nice spot but they're only a game and a half out of the eight spot. So you would imagine uh, Blake Griffin coming would uh, help uh, the Pistons. So expect them to move up. And we already mentioned a couple of Eastern Conference teams that will be moving down. Uh, Maybe the uh, Pistons will be moving up uh, with the addition of Blake Griffin. I'm curious to see him and Andre Drummond together, but, uh, you know who knows? You know, in the East, it's uh, it's a little different. So I'm sure he uh won't be too disappointed about getting out of the West.
0: If Doc winds up surviving this purge, he seems like the perfect kind of person. If he decides to keep coaching, he seems like the perfect kind of person that winds up in either Oklahoma City, if they keep their pieces, you know, next year, or with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the, the veteran, you know, we talked about it, the grizzled veteran coach. Uh, to you know, take a team over the top if he decides to stay, uh, in the league once he gets run out of there. He's that seems like one of his two destinations. Oh, there's no question he would go to the Bucks. Uh, you know, Doc Rivers,
1: uh, you know, comes from Marquette, so I think there's no doubt uh, he would head to, uh, you know, the Bucks given that opportunity. Uh, Cause yeah, I don't see him staying around in Clipland. Uh, with a fresh team, even if his son is the leading scorer.
0: <laughs> it's a dream and a nightmare all for Doc Rivers all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah my son is the leading scorer. We're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh it was too much. Alright, <laughs> it was at the fourth quarter. Uh, hey, we're going streaking. You know when I sent the notes out before we had some real good twin streaks. Uh, Oklahoma city had eight in a row. Uh they were one and a half games back to the fourth seed in the West. Uh the, yeah, the injury to Robinson hurt t- big time. because uh, they had really just turned the corner. Yeah, they had definitely turned the corner. Uh they still
1: uh, I believe are still in a good spot there. Uh I think their psyche has changed as, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook has definitely put his steps saying, Hey, this is, this is my team. You know, Paul George definitely still does this Carmelo, I believe, has finally really taken back seat. You know, he is still a quote unquote big three member, but, uh, you know, he's definitely, uh, a spot up guy for sure. So I think he uh, understands his role. Uh, I think down at those rolls, I believe are defined. Uh, the Thunder are in a good situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma City definitely want to stay out of. You know, want to stay away from uh stay away from Golden State. You know, you don't want to meet them too too early in the playoffs. So stay out of on those extra those other seeds. Uh, the Bucks. Uh, speaking of the Bucks, four in a row undefeated since the firing of Jason Kidd, and the interim talent takes off the head coach now, so he gets to coaching for the rest of the year, and they get back Jabari Parker this week.
1: Hey, Merry Christmas
0: uh, in January. So uh, the
1: Bucks are, are on a roll. And, uh, again, many people thought they would be doing well with Jason Kidd. They were doing okay. Uh, so now – uh four in a row, definitely on the upswing get Parker back. Play with Bledsoe, play with At Uh who knows? They may uh shoot their way up, you know, maybe as a bitch, get a uh a four seed
0: uh in the east. But uh things are looking up in Milwaukee. Uh the Bulls on the losing side, the Bulls losers a four in a row, uh had a great like end of December, early January we're winning games. Uh, Miritich playing extremely well but now has fallen off again now they seem to be back into playing for the lottery mode Miritich might be on the move before uh, the trade deadline
1: yeah the Bulls uh, fell back to the Bulls uh, where they're supposed to be Uh, Miritich I think when he first came back with his injury probably was playing to get traded so he was playing uh, some good ball to put his name out there so he could then get traded. You know, he's a, a big forward that could shoot. You know, a lot of teams, you don't want that 6'8", six, 6'9", six, stretch 4 that he could definitely play. Uh, so I would not uh, be surprised if uh, a playoff team made a run of him. So uh, expect him to definitely move before the trade
0: deadline at the Phoenix uh, Suns at five in a row as well, but I wanted to get more to the Mavericks at four in a row. Uh, I don't think it'll happen, but it it seems like it'd be all right if they decided to move Dirk on to get him to a contender so he can finish out his career instead of doing, you know, 16 points a night uh, sitting, you know, on the loser team in Dallas. Yeah, that would be nice. I don't see that in the... Uh, Dirk
1: Nowitzki make-up. This is 20th season, all with the Mavericks. I think he would be okay if he played the streak out of this, I believe, the last year of his contract, so he could go out with the 20 years and then uh, retire uh, as a Maverick. Uh, You know, I don't see him wanting to join a quote-unquote contender uh, just not in the makeup, kind of in the Reggie Miller mode. People thought that about him uh, later in his career, that he might want to, I believe at that time it was Boston, go to Boston to join uh, their big three at the time. But uh, just was not him to join that team. I don't see Dirk Nowitzki do it either. Yeah,
0: it's, it's just a shame, you know, because, I mean, <laughs> you wonder if he had not won that championship And they somehow fell into this kind of boat where he still be wanting to deal with that, or would he accept a trade? But he's got his chip, so you know he's just kind of languishing in his career now. Yeah, if LeBron had had him that championship back then, uh,
1: yeah, he he would definitely uh, be wanting his way
0: out. But uh, I Mm -hmm. think he's satisfied being in Dallas. Yeah, up twelve for three minutes to go. By the way, just not that I remember watching that and then freaking collapse at the end of that. But whatever. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just uh, some teams that are, you know, as we're heading straight into this all-star break, uh, teams, you know, kind of got it in, you know, relaxed mode. Nobody's really on any big, uh, big win streaks. Um, Golden State goes out and embarrasses themselves last night, and Utah loses by 30. Um, you know, so I think teams are in a little bit of cruise control headed into the all-star break. Don't get injured.
1: Yeah, I think that is definitely, you know, uh, the the Cavs got blown out, the Warriors got blown out, Oklahoma City lost uh, to Washington. Uh, you know, th- it was pretty interesting that all those teams, you know, seemed to lose uh, when they were, you know, as we get close to the All-Star break. So I think there's definitely uh, something to it that uh, they're already looking uh to what party am I gonna to go to at all star weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or or what vacation am I gonna take during the All Star break. So yeah. I think uh, teams were already looking
0: ahead to that type of stuff. Yeah, and the players do get the extended break after that. So you get the extra the few extra days off one of the uh, uh Commissioner Silvers uh, you know kind of caveats to the players so they get that extra time off uh, after the break. So all right. All right, so as the final buzzer rings, let's get into the closeout. Uh, as we've been going through the podcast for the last three weeks, uh, we've been co- uh, counting not counting down or alphabetically going through the best players in the uh, NBA for each individual team and franchise. Uh, so the Atlanta Hawks, we had uh, Dominique Wilkins. Uh, for the Boston Celtics, we had Larry Bird slash uh, Bill Russell, but mostly on Larry Bird's side. Uh, last week we had the Brooklyn Nets, and we went with Jason Kidd. We were in agreement there. This one could get funny. All right, so we're up to the Charlotte Bobcats, or the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> uh, we're up to the Hornets. Uh, they've got a, a, a weird history. They come into the league at a, uh, as an expansion team. They're there for a while, and they wind up getting moved to New Orleans. Then they come back as a Bobcat and then return to the Hornets uh, after a while. Uh, where they are right now. So, uh, you know, as much as we love Rex Chapman, we can't call him our favorite Bobcat or our favorite Hornet. So um, <laughs> uh, who uh, you got he, as your fa- favorite Charlotte player?
1: Well, he did make the list. Uh, you know, you have to look at players like Sexy Rexy. You know, Glenn <laughs> Rice had a stint there. You know, one of my favorites, Tyrone Muggsy Bogues. You know, can't even forget about Kelly Trapuka. But uh <laughs> you know, it had to it had to come down to two names in my opinion. And they were the two cornerstones uh of the franchise when it first came into existence. So I looked at both players and I said, who oh, who could it be? And I said, Well, who played the longest? And for the Hornets, it was Larry Grandmama Johnson. Uh, he was uh, the number one overall pick in 91 coming out of UNLV. And uh, he definitely came into the league like gangbusters. You know, played from 91 to 96 before he went to New York. He played with the Hornets. Uh, you know, averaged at 19 and 8. Uh, you know, was a definite post presence uh, before his injury, which did let him out to shoot more threes.
0: But, yeah. <laughs> uh, you
1: know, it was definitely, uh, you know, uh, a player on the post that was, uh, you know, tough to deal with. He had the widest shoulders, I believe, ever, uh, which made him difficult to guard. So it was tough to choose between Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson, but I had to go with Grandma Baba, And that might be just because I liked UNLV more than I did Georgetown.
0: So. <laughs> They play each other actually in that uh, uh, in the second year run with UNLV going to the where they lose to Duke uh, in the Final Four uh, or was, was that the final game? I can't even remember anymore. I think it was the Final Four game. I don't even think it made it to the final. But anyway, yeah, uh, and those two didn't like each other, which wound up leading the Zos trade to Miami. Um, they did not get along at all. Um, and uh, what we, Larry Johnson would be what we called in college, uh, old man strong. Uh he was built like a thirty year old you know while he was at u n l v uh so yeah, it was the same thing with me. It was between those two if you kind of take it down to the time when they went to New Orleans, you put Chris Paul into the equation uh because he was there, although they weren't there they weren't there that long, and he wasn't there that long either so uh yeah i'm I'm gonna go with grandmama as well uh yeah, yeah, that that good choice. I figure we got to get to the point where we're in disagreement about some of these players. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll get to.
0: Uh, I believe what well, we got the Mavericks coming up, so you know,
1: you know, you could take Dirk. I'll find somebody else. And Mark Aguirre. Uh, so. yeah, that was yeah. that was on the tip of my tongue. So thinking, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we'll
0: talk about that next week. Yeah, exactly. All right. So yeah. All right. So yeah. Best Charlotte Hornets player got to be Grandma Law. I'm gonna enjoy looking for the picture to post for him for the uh, for the for the collage for the um, <laughs> for, for the when we post this podcast. All right, all right. So now we're getting into our exit music, man. What's your what's the exit music this
1: week? Well, our exit music uh, this case, you know, we've been dedicating it lately. This was we're going to dedicate it to the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Oh uh, hopefully
1: boy! Hopefully, the Eagles are going to do something nice come Sunday. It's Super Bowl up in Minneapolis, so, uh, you know, got to do something with Tom Brady. So, I'm going to ride with the Eagles. So, our song of the week is from Philly native, Be- Beanie Siegel, uh, Get Down, 2001. Uh, you know, Beanie Siegel, uh, Philly native, big uh, Philly Eagle fan. Maybe this will help push the Eagles over the top.
0: So, All our right. song of the week. <laughs> Uh, we get into our uh, Philly rappers, you know. You, just, you know, you get Scoop off, you know, Jolly and the Fresh Prince. Uh, I thought you were going to go maybe with, you know, uh, Three Times Dope. Uh, <laughs> uh, or uh, I, I can't remember the dudes because I, I know the song, but right now I can't remember the name, even though I just, I used it in a, in a reply to somebody on Twitter the other day. Uh, I think they were from Philly too. The Nah, baby, I'm not going to be able to do it, uh, dudes. Um, I, I can't, I can't pick Philadelphia on on good conscience. As much as I don't want the Patriots to win the Super Bowl, I, I can't. I, I'm not able to do it. I can't do it, man. I, I know. Uh, I, I just know. But hopefully, the Philly rises up and uh, and takes down the Patriots because I can't out and my cat, man. Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully they can take them down and you know not have to deal with looking at Tom Brady's ugly mug and then making it to the White House again. So, all right. So, Beanie Single as it begins to start to play us out, what's your game of the week? Game of the week is tomorrow night. I figured with the debut
1: of Blake Griffin in Detroit, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies uh, come to town. So, Blake Griffin is likely to make his debut in Detroit. So, my game of the week is tomorrow, February 1st. We got
0: the Memphis Grizzlies at the Detroit Pistons. All right. I'm going to let you have that one. My computer, we're having some computer errors here. It's recording. Uh, I can't get to my my notes anymore. So um, I don't don't have it off the top of my head. I had it written down. So, all right. So we got that. That's a weird game. You know, Memphis is in complete shutdown mode over there. Um, Yeah, Blake will get a chance to shine for sure. So that'll be a good win for the Pistons. Well, could
1: Mark Gasol be on the trading block? You know, they are in free fall. Everybody seemingly hurt at Memphis. Mike Conley he shut it down for the year. Chalon Park still hurt. You know, Tyreek Evans likely to be traded. Uh, will Mark Gasol be traded also? So, yeah, uh, Memphis Grizzlies, uh, much different than they were when they had. Uh, grounded pound with Gasol in uh, Zach Randolph.
0: Yeah. Man, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. That really was not that long ago. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, like last season, like it wasn't that long ago when they were, you know, a tough out, you know, for whoever they played in the playoffs. So now it's just, you know, Mike Conley out for the year, too. Um, yeah, it's not a, it's not a good looking Memphis anymore. All right. So, being Siegel starts to play us out. Um, that game of the week. But uh Okay, yeah, so we're good. Alright, so yeah, so that's it. Let me start to wrap up this week's podcast. Remember you're able to find this week in the association on SoundCloud iTunes Stitcher, uh, Podbean, uh, TuneIn Tune In, the Tune In app, you know, wherever you can find a uh, like A uh, a streaming app for podcast just search brothers comics we comics feel will be there uh rate review subscribe uh, y'all have been doing a great job of that a lot lots of listeners and some uh, of data that's coming in uh, feel free to you know send us questions spot We'll respond to it. You might get your name shouted out on the podcast. Uh, kind of let us know what's going on, what you think about the show, and all those types of things. So, lots of lots of good data coming in about this podcast. So, yeah, that's good. Uh, Will Sacks, man. Where can they find? You? Of
1: course, you can find me Will Stack at Will Sacks, on Instagram at Will Sacks. or you can find me at Mister Waters. 77 on Twitter it's at Mr. Waters.
0: 77 on Twitter. And again you can find me uh, The producer of Brothers Comics At Brothers Comics On all of those things uh, B-R-O-T-H-A-S-C-O-M-I-C-S On Facebook, Twitter um, Instagram Just thinking about form of a Snapchat I haven't really gotten there yet um, But yeah Remember this podcast Is a part of the Brothers Comics Podcast Network Find the show, find your life uh, You like the NBA Listen to the show if you like Game of Thrones We have a show for that Mr. Um, Robot We have a show for that Comic books Marvel Hack, uh, the Brother Thomas podcast, uh, Blackest Thing I've This Week podcast, like uh, and the, the intersection with Malaika Salam again, there, there, somewhere on this network, there's a show for you so all you gotta do is find it, like it review it, love it uh, so, we appreciate all that, alright that is it, and then Cleveland starts to play us out again man get better dude like you know like i don't know man take some tea uh take some rum in that tea you know something man you gotta get better
1: yeah all that i'm talking straight through my nose but i will work to get better but for now we'll jack is out dude.
0: all right we'll see you people on the other side peace.